Today is Monday, December 12, 2022. It's day 704 of the J6 political hostage crisis. I'm Mel Holly, and this is your daily Justice and Jeopardy update. From Chris Quaglin. An incarcerated individual at Northern Neck Regional Jail. This call is subject to recording and monitoring. Good morning, Chris. How are you doing? Good morning. Um, doing, doing well under the circumstances. Yeah. 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 Well, thank you so much for joining us and uh, being willing to to share your story because you have been through a lot um, and you've got uh, celiac disease. So you're dealing with those issues. And uh, we have uh, we've talked to your attorney in the past about that. But uh, today you've joined us to uh, just go over some of these things and and explain just just how serious it is. within those those jail walls so you know why don't you just go ahead and and start with your story um well first uh thank you for having me on and um i'd like to say happy birthday to my wife maura um she uh turns 37 tomorrow um and uh you know we've been um, married for nine years um i love you i miss you i'll be home soon um she is we have one child together, um, Nathan. He is almost two years old. Um, I've been locked up since he was eight weeks old. Um, he's a single mother, you know, a full-time, you know, uh, nurse, um, and uh, um, holding down the household. I, I just, I love her. So thank you, um, and happy birthday. But um, as far as Northern Neck um, goes. Um, I'd like just to speak about the medical facility right now. Okay. And, um, Northern Neck Regional Jail is a quote-unquote medical facility by the federal government of the United States. Okay. I was sent here because it was a medical facility. This is after being um, basically bussed around the country. Um, I started in New Jersey. I was there. We almost had my diet squared away. Uh, Judge McFadden said, no, I want him in D.C. And Melissa um, Jackson, the D.A., um, said, um, D.C. jail can handle my diet, no questions. He didn't have the, the right to say that, and D.C. couldn't handle my jail. Uh, or D.C. Diet, uh, D.C. jail couldn't handle my diet, rather. Wow. Um, I was shipped to Lewisburg. I was shipped to Alexandria. Um, then I was shipped over here. Okay. Um, Go through just a, a little bit of what it's what it's been like since you got there. Uh, you don't have to give you know too too many details on this end, but just as far as as uh, as as trying to get uh, the the diet the the gluten free diet that that you so desperately need. It's uh, for lack of a better word, it's been a living hell. Um, from day one, uh, they basically gave me, um, they told, medical told me, you'll have a diet, no problem, it'll, you'll be good to go. They didn't feed me anything for the first seven days. Um, I lost 12 pounds immediately. Uh, at that point, um, the next week after that, I lost another eight pounds. Um, so in 14 days, I lost over 20 pounds. Wow. Um, I've never gained that back. Um, since then, I've lost another 30 pounds, 35 pounds. So I'm down. Um, I'm, I'm down under.
under 158 pounds, 157, 155 pounds last time I weighed in. Um, I was 210 coming in. Mm. Um, the last time I was 155 pounds, I was 15 years old. Uh, it, yeah. it, it's not, I don't care what the charts say, this is not a healthy weight for me. So um, the medical facility has been a nightmare dealing with them. Um, there's a lack of ethics across the board, especially with management. Um, there's one, um, we won't name names here, uh, but the HIPAA violations are constant. They share patients' uh, information with other inmates. Um, someone, one of my co-defendants who I never met before said, oh yeah, I heard about your blood test and it came back normal. I said, how did you hear about my blood test? Oh, from a guard who has heard it from another guard who heard it from an inmate who then told me. It's unbelievable. Wow. Yeah. yeah. He was on the other side of the jail. I never met him before we went to jail. Um, wow. Uh, and it happened to be in cells next to each other. They alter medical information. They basically lie on paper all the time. Um, they don't report abuse, especially abuse by the guards. This comes into um, uh, when people get beat up by the guards, especially guards love to beat up uh, handcuffed inmates at Northern End. That's their thing. I've heard on, on several occasions from several different inmates, uh, non-J6ers as well, that uh, there there's uh, the chair uh, where people are strapped and beaten. First time I was, I was locked in isolation. After I lost the 12 pounds, I caught COVID because they threw me in a positive uh, COVID positive pod that literally 25 to 40% of the people had COVID in it. Um, I, maybe not 40, 30%. Um, and I caught COVID and they threw me in isolation. Well, I met a guy named Jeff Brown. He told me, um, this is my first week there. Uh, he was strapped to the bus bear for six hours. Um, and had indentations around, um, he was brown skin, and had indentations um, around his wrist and ankles that were completely black. So when I say brown skin, just, that's how guys talk, um, uh, you know. So he wasn't dark skin, he was, he was brown skin, but the, the, the indentations were, it looked like burn marks almost. And that was from something that happened four or five, six months ago. So they would be there, I guess, permanently. I, I don't know. But that was from the handcuffs being so tight. And then he would be left there for like six plus hours until um, finally a nurse um, called him and said, what are you guys doing? You know, you're not even supposed to be strapping him in this. And which I found out that that nurse is now quit. Do you happen to know that nurse's name? No, okay. I do not. I, it's in my notes. Okay. Everything's in my notes. Okay. Okay. I have um, like three, four hundred pages with request forms and everything. Five, six hundred pages worth of worth of notes since I've been here. So you've been documenting um, this all very well. Yes. Yes. Well, you yeah. You you got time on your hands, don't you? I document everything. So yes, I, I have um, I have heard you know about that. 
Um, I've seen people strapped into the bus fare, not for that amount of time. Um, but I saw a woman strapped in the bus fare just for kicking the door. You know, um, she got strapped in for like two or three hours or something like that. Okay. Um, uh, but they love to, they love to do that. Yeah. Um, they also love um, to isolate people, throw people in uh, administrative segregation. Um, they use medical as administrative segregation. Medical is being used as a form of, of isolation as well, not just for medical. 100%. I mean, they threw me in there for 30 plus days and they, they threw me in, in medical isolation which then for a short term, but for a short time became administrative segregation because the doctor had cleared me. But they threw me in medical for 30 plus days because I wasn't eating the trays. I wasn't eating the trays because for six months they had made me sick. So I'm in there for not eating the trays. And then medical, literally, first thing, they never observed me hardly. Okay. Uh, there were full days that they never even um, observe me at all. For those listening who don't know much about celiac disease, um, because, uh, the whole gluten-free diet has, has almost become sort of a fad and, and many people don't understand the seriousness of, of, uh, being medically diagnosed with celiac disease. So can you go into that just a little bit? Yeah. So, I mean, and there's different, there's different, uh, I guess, um, like ranges or, um, levels levels of, of celiac. I have a very, very severe celiac. My aunt almost died from it. So celiac, uh, my white blood cells attack um, my body. It's an autoimmune disease. Um, I bleed um, uh, internally. And then, um, you know, my stool has, has blood in it. I stopped growing because of celiac when I was 10 years old. I was five foot five when I was 10 years old, 11 years old. Um, I'm five foot six now. Okay. I was taking in 6,000 calories a day, and basically my body had destroyed my small intestine and the cilia so much that I was eating and it was just going right through me. Um, it leads into cancers. It's, it's an autoimmune disease. It's not an allergy, um, but it needs to be treated kind of like a peanut allergy. Um, there's different levels of it. Um, some people, you know, can eat wheat in there. You know, they just have an upset stomach. Um, me, my aunt almost died from it. Um, you know, years ago. Yeah. Uh, my aunt has it. My uncle has it. My mom has it. My sister has it. Um, yeah, I stopped growing when I was, you know, 10, 11 years old uh, because um, of celiac. I was taking in 6,000 calories every day. Um, I didn't know I had it. Um, I felt actually okay, which was weird with the doctors. They never seen anything like it um, until they did an endoscopy. Um, and about 60% of my cilia was gone. Um, I was taking 6,000 calories every day. I was absorbing 6,000. Um, it was just going right through me. Um, it creates um, problems. Um, just like a, I mean, people, like friends of mine, they joke about it. They're like, yeah, you have weak days, you know? And, um, you know, it's, it's funny to joke around about, but it's serious. Like a few breadcrumbs, you know, um, a, a little, a little, you know, a noodle here, a noodle there, whatever. Um, but it's really the cross contamination um, that hurts me. Tell us more about uh, 
the the meals that they were providing you with? Were were you just uh, not eating it? No. So I ate all of their meals, um, but I constantly had to tell the kitchen, "Hey, I can't eat this. Hey, I can't eat this. Hey, I can't eat this." They gave me regular bread um, for two weeks, I want to say, um, for peanut butter sandwiches. And I said, hey, I can't, I'm, you're giving me regular bread. Like I ate a half a sandwich and I was sick for a week. And um, which at that point, I refused to go back into medical um, because they left me in solitary, um, which we'll get into. But, you know, it's, it's more than just, you know, eating bread. It's using the same surfaces um, as, you know, you just have bread down there and get breadcrumbs around. Yeah. You know, it's using yeah. the same spoon as, you know, or the same knife as, hey, I just made, you know, the sandwiches on regular bread. Now I'm going to use, you know, flagland, um, gluten free bread while I just use the same, you know, whether the same knife, the same this, the same that. So it's, it's serious. You know, it's not just, oh, well, you know, I can't eat bread, I can't eat pasta. It's, it's more than that. Um, I have doctors that have known me for years that can, that can testify to this. Okay. Um, but anyway, uh, as far as the medical goes, um, I would, I would refuse medical like I am right now because, um, at this point I have PTSD about the medical. Um, they locked me in medical for 30 days. They locked me in medical because I wasn't eating the trays. Um, and, and I wasn't eating the trays because I was getting sick. So I was eating commissary. Well, at that point, now I'm under medical's care at this point. They wanted to force me to eat the trays. So what did they do? They cut off my commissary so I couldn't order any more commissary. Unbelievable. Then I was eating... Yeah. Um, while I'm under medical care now, so they cut off my commissary. Uh, they said because of an old charge um, that I had gone through the, the uh, appeal process and whatever, whatever. And so now this is an old charge. Well, they, they took away my commissary right to buy commissary. Then, but that didn't work. And I was going from five protein bars, about 1,500 calories a day. I cut it down to 600 calories a day. Then when that didn't work, and I, I lasted a week and a half, then they just threw me in the hole. They took away the rest of my commissary, and they threw me in the hole for three days. And they said, eat the trays, or don't eat anything at all. Hmm. Well, I didn't eat anything at all. And finally, the jail said, okay, fine, you can have the rest of your commissary back. Um, but I had already missed buying commissary. So they gave me like two things of rice and like a thing of fix, I think it was. And I had to make that last. And then finally they started giving me dirt. That's when I saw the doctor and he said, listen, will you at least take me a dirt? And I said, sure, I'll take me a dirt. They're gluten free. Well, why didn't you take them before? Well, because the jail was lying to the marshals and the jail was marking me down that I was taking the whole spray if I just took me a dirt. This isn't right. You know, they're lying to the marshals. They're lying to the federal government. They're lying on paper. They're breaking federal law. They're breaking HIPAA laws. And they do this all the time, not just with me, but with everyone. The only difference is I have a little bit of a voice 
because of January 6th, because of people like you, that will listen. This place has been doing this for 27 years as a federal facility, as a medical, I don't know how long they've been a medical facility, but I really do want to get into the medical part of it because- Yeah, let's, let's, yeah, let, please go there. Um, let's talk about that. Medical facility, and I, I don't know how they're a medical facility. It's the worst medical of any jail that I've been in. And I haven't been to a lot of jails, but I've been to seven of them because of this January 6th, you know, incident. They have one LPN for 500 inmates, which is not very good. They have doctor visits once a week for like four hours. Okay. One doctor. For 500 inmates. For 500 inmates. The medical staff is like usually about four to six people, five people per shift, but it's only one shift, 7 a.m. to 9 p.m. They got to do 13, 14 hour days. So they're exhausted at the end of these days. Okay, there's no 24 hour medical. If people get sick in the middle of the day, they're told to wait until the morning. What what would okay. happen if say someone had a heart attack or they got shanked or something like that? What What would happen? Then, then, they, then they call the ambulance. Okay. They call an ambulance and and they get, I guess, sent to the hospital. Um, that's that's what they do. And they call and they wait for an ambulance. And I guarantee you, nine out of ten times, the ambulance has to wait to get buzzed in that, in that front gate. Because no one thinks to open up the front gate. Yeah. Um, there's no medical. Uh, people are usually told to wait until the morning. Uh, federal inmates. Up until I stopped it, they were they were charged ten dollar copays for sick calls, which was with an EMT. Everyone's an EMT. There's no nurses. There's no there's no uh, doctors that you can go see. There's no days. Uh, They're all EMTs. You know how easy it is to get an EMT certificate? A couple of weekends. Yeah. It's nothing. Okay. So. Um, denied outside medical until you force their hand 100% over and over and over again. I can't stress that enough. Mm. Um, I went months, I went months asking for a guy doctor to prove that I was getting poisoned months. And it wasn't until after, uh, McBride, um, did the habeas corpus. Three days later, all of a sudden I was in front of a guy doctor. For our audience, uh, uh, Joe McBride is, is your attorney and that's who you're referring to. Okay. 14 members of Congress called up or, or sent letters to the head of the BOP on my behalf months and months and months ago. The head of the BOP quit. Okay. These people know that what has been going on and they just don't care. Some of these people come from other jails. They're, they're already, they come with their meds and it takes them weeks to get it. These people have bipolar, schizophrenia. I mean, and we're not talking you know, uh, about grandma, we're talking about some of these people are very, are, are dangerous people, you know, especially when they're off of their meds. I've been with multiple people like that. Um, diabetics, uh, two to five days to get insulin. Their blood sugar is four to 500. Wrong meds are constantly given to people. I had a cellmate that came in with his meds from the marshals, and it took medical eight days to give them his medic his medicine. 
um, upon checkup, upon when you enter the jail, you don't get a checkup immediately. This is unheard of. It sometimes takes you 10, 14 days before you get checked into medical. Um, right now, there's a guy in my pod. He's withdrawing. Um, he's had no medical. He just went to the LPN just now, as I did. And he's like, yeah, whatever. Fill out a request for him. We'll see you when you see him. Um, no other jail does this. You always see medical as soon as you get in the front door. And and this is supposedly a, quote, medical facility prison. People are being sent here because it's a medical facility. It's the worst medical of any facility I've ever been in. Hard hands down. Okay, on top of this, the medical team, obviously there's going to be a civil suit after when I'm, when I'm done with these guys. If I am not, I am far from done with these guys. Um, I didn't want this. All I wanted was my gluten-free food, my discovery, and we left alone. That's it. That's all I wanted. They forced my hand. I've been asking Ted Hull for 10-plus months for a certified gluten-free meal. Explain who Ted Hull is. He's been the superintendent for 25 years here. And he doesn't care about anything except profits. And, and that's it. We are human cattle. That's what we are here. Okay, the medical um, the medical team here listens to him. Okay, which is not right. The medical team lacks all ethics. Um, they have destroyed quote unquote evidence or documents. Um, in my case, I, I right now I have in my hand whited out pieces of medical paperwork that by accident they gave to me. They used white out over my medical file or medical paperwork that they didn't want me to see whatever was written on it. And then they re-photocopied it so that it would have, it would look like it was blank. Well, the problem is the, the back, the, the whited out one stuck to the page of the front one. And they gave me both of them by accident. Wow. It's insane. That's, that's a huge, huge type of violation and federal violation because they knew it was going to be used for court. Yeah. Um, the uh, uh, HIPAA forms that I gave that I had uh, signed out for my lawyer, Joe Brad, um, for my medical information, they were taken out of my room and thrown in the trash when I was in medical. I had them in my in my property, and they went in my room when I was taking a shower, and they threw them in the trash. Doctors' notes get approved by NNRJ staff. Um. Why? Because I, I'm sure it goes in front of their lawyers too. Because I can't get tomorrow, I can't get the doctor note from today, tomorrow. I can't get it. Oh, no, no, it has to go through the approval process. I can't get it for another week and a half. Why? Because it has to go in front of their lawyers to make sure it doesn't say anything wrong. That's complete bull. Yeah. You know, you can't, I'm trying so hard not to curse. And I, all I want to do is like rip someone's head off because. I have been absolutely tortured here for months. Yeah. And it's all because of Ted Hull and the almighty dollar. When I was locked in medical for 30 days, okay, a lot of things happened. My phone was taken um, for dates. Um, the captain and the sergeant were both brothers, along with another family of people who um, 
there's two brothers or cousins who are all lieutenants. Um, they laughed about it. They said, oh, well, if we can't throw Quaglin in the hole, um, this is the next best thing. That was their exact words, and I have it documented on my papers and on medical papers. Okay, so so they um, took away all your phone privileges. Now, I'm not thrown in there for any, any disciplinary reasons. I'm only thrown in there because I'm not eating trays. And the reason why I'm not eating trays again is because they were made sick. My, um, my video visits, I have a growing son. I see him four times a uh, week, every day that my wife isn't working. I was denied video visits for a whole month, um, which almost broke me. Mm. Um, you know, not seeing my wife, not seeing my son. Yeah. Um, the, the crazy thing about this is all of this horrible stuff happens to me, right? It's not just me. It's everyone. I would be crazy if I couldn't back it up. I was told months before that this was going to happen to me. I had a cellmate months before. I'm talking February, maybe. Curtis Bowen, he was my old cellmate. He told me in February um, that all of this stuff was going to happen to me, that they were going to play games with the, with the pin not working, and, and uh, uh, the pin is how you use the phone. You have to dial in with a certain pin, okay? And then the captain, after days and days and days, he was going to bring a little slip of paper to you, and he was going to be like, is this your pin? Now, this is the same pin that I've been dialing for six months. And he said, oh, well, why don't you try it now? I think you were dialing the wrong pin. And then all of a sudden you would dial it. They would bring you the phone. You would dial it. And and it would um, it would have magically worked. Like, come on, dude. Give me a break. He told me this in February. Wow. Wow. Okay. So they so they pulled it. They pulled this same. Write this down and give it to your lawyer. I did. Okay. So it's in my notes from back in February. I haven't had I haven't had access to those notes. His wife died in Northern Neck Regional Jail. There was a multi-million dollar lawsuit because she died from a blood clot in her brain because of no blood thinners. Northern Neck medical team left her dead in her cell for hours. Okay, her cellmate was banging on the door for hours. Then she got brought up to medical and journeyed up to medical like she was still alive. And then she was left there for hours. There was a complete cover-up because then they called the paramedics. And they were like, this woman has been dead for like 12 hours. Wow. And there was a huge uh, lawsuit over it. Um, the woman's name is Naho, and they were not technically married. They were only like together for like, you know, 11 years or something. If you look it up, I'm sure you can find it. I don't know her name. Um, but I know that, you know, she died and uh, it's little girls who then went to live with a family. Mm. Um, but this has been going on for years. Using medical as the whole. Okay, right now, I'm denying medical, technically. Okay, this is why I'm denying medical. Because I want my, I want my request forms answered. The request forms are back at 11.10, the day of that my paperwork was stolen from me from medical, another group of paperwork was given to me, and then it was all whited out, stuff like that. I said 11 months, I've asked for a full medical file and used to be used for court purposes. 
at 11.10, approximately 9 a.m., file was handed to me. This was my full file. It was not. It was added. It, was, it included other people's medical information. It was taken to me. It was taken from me by force. Another full file was given to me. This is still incomplete. The nursing staff, Miss and Miss, both knew this file needed to be completed for court purposes. It was missing several key items. Also, some documents were altered. Whiteout was used, and then it was re-photocopied. There's another one that says, begging for food. Because at this point, he put me on 2,000 calories. The doctor put me on 2,000 calories, eight thirds a day. Well, it took them over a week to get it to me, and I was only eating or only drinking five thirds a day. I said, out of food, doctors in their diet needed immediately for 2,000 calories a day. First, whose order says that coagulant receipt or request only gets picked up by the lieutenant? This is an emergency medical re request form. No one has the authority to deny it. It's illegal to do so. I want a name. Now, NNRJ's fantastic legal and medical team has decided that I'm going to start drinking after the day. One, this is being decided after four months of me not taking a spray. And, and because users, because NNRJ has screwed up my phrase constantly, I fail to not rely on an inmate commissary. I have asked for certified gluten-free, uh, certified gluten-free phrase for ten months. I was denied by ten for ten months by head hole. Two, I have expressed concern about the sugar intake. My diet, my dad is a diabetic. It runs in the family. Three, the insurer website even says that the insurers are not safe to only drink insurance. I express all of this with the doctor. Four, I need over 2,000 calories a day. I am down 50 plus pounds right now. Five, I want to know who was outside the door listening to my medical information, which we know who it is. It was Northern Next, it was Northern Next lawyer. Uh, but who was in the office? Six, I do not trust. And in our day's medical team, I will not be going to the office anymore. I will not comply. Seven, and NNRJ does not have my life safety in mind, nor has it ever. I will be making full complaints with the state of Virginia on the doctor, doctor one, doctor two, nurse one, nurse two, and EMT one. Now, I have denied medical until those get answered along with other ones that say above all else i will do no harm because that's the hippo motto i have still not received a complete medical file on court uh someone ordered me mucinex i took over 21 days i still haven't gotten it no request forms have been answered in the past two weeks why my insurance were increased by the kitchen well after a week I lost an additional seven pounds of it. The last time I was 157 pounds was when I was 16. The medical care, the medical department has shown a lack of ethics in their actions over the past 11 months. This has all been documented. I don't and can't trust you. I am afraid to step foot in the medical wing. I believe I might be suffering from PTSD because of what happened in the past. Whose order had me locked up and starved while not allowing me to contact my family. Since 11, 10, 22, I was supposed to be getting eight insurance totaling 2,000 calories. I've not been receiving that. I've since dropped over six pounds. On 11, 20, I finally received eight insurance. Today, on 11, 21, I only received one for breakfast. 
Why is there? Even simple things like I want to get my teeth clean and check for cavities. Our dentist only extracts teeth. Please let me know if you need any extractants. If laws are being broken again, the doctor notes are not are not accurate. Um, and it says, oh, well, you're lying. And then there's another one that talks about request form. I have asked for months of a full breakdown of what grievances fell through the cracks of your broken grievances. Your captain says that you say all the grievances have been answered for the superintendent. And then RJ's lawyer says otherwise. I also wrote specific letters to you and the major explaining that I needed all grievances returned. I didn't go all the way up to the superintendent. I expected, I, I explained that everything I received um, was uh, was then given back to you guys. And um, I fully intend to bring it all the way up to the superintendent and file 1983. The answer, the answer back on those when time permits, I asked to get full requests or I full request to um, get full records of all of my grievances and request forms. And I'm told those are NNRJ property. You can't have them. If you want them, subpoena them. This is not NNRJ's property. You're blocking the grievance process. You're doing exactly what the federal, what your lawyer in federal court said that you weren't doing. I've been on a grievance restriction for six, over six months. So you are not allowed to uh, to give grievances. I can give two grievances and two request forms, and I have to give them to a certain lieutenant every week at the end of the week. So what they did, especially with the medical stuff, was they said, "Hold on, he can wait until Monday until uh, to give up to your." That's when I, it was denied by three separate people. I was in the middle of a video visit with my wife when these request forms, the first ones that I said to you, were denied by the medical staff. They told me they were under a direct order not to accept any emergency or any request forms from me. And they were only asking for A, my paperwork for court, which I've been asking for 11 months for. And me, the second one, was asking for 2,000 calories of certified gluten-free food because I couldn't trust their kitchen anymore. Mm. You have to understand, and Northern Neck has said, oh, well, it's Flagland's fault that he's down 50 pounds. No, I was down 35 to 40 pounds while I was eating your crate. I was so sick, I could barely make it out of my cell. You have one minute left. Some days I could barely make it out of myself, but I was so sick and I was sick of, I didn't know, I had never done this. I have stayed on a gluten-free diet for over 25 years. My body felt so horrible. I said, screw it. I'd rather eat 1,500 calories or 1,000 calories of certified gluten-free food than eat your trade and continue to possibly die. And that's where we're at right now. I will yeah. not eat any more of their food. Yeah. And they refuse to help. Yeah. Well, Chris, I want you to know that uh, that we are diligently working toward, uh, you know, getting this not only exposed, but, uh, you know, remedied at, 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 at high levels. 
and, uh, and and we are all praying for you. And and I can't tell you how how much I appreciate all the documentation and evidence you have provided, uh, as well as your personal testimony. Hey, J6 fam. Okay, today uh, in court, the Oath Keepers, they began their opening uh, arguments. And uh, so it's going to be interesting to see, um, you know, how all this plays out. It's going to be a long trial and everything. Mr. Shipley, he is the attorney for Menuda, Roberto, Roberto Menuda. And he is, uh, he reserved his opening for when the government rests their case. Uh, Angela Halem, H-A-L-I-M, she's representing uh, Mr. Hackett, and she's a little feisty woman, um, and she she had some good openings. Uh, she, she talked about, you know, as we all know, how the government has been cherry-picking different things and just proving that narrative in court, and she brought that out during the uh, her opening statements. Uh, Scott Weinberg, he is the attorney for David uh, Morshell, and uh, he he made a statement uh, in his opening. He said these men had Twitter fingers, not trigger fingers. Um, so you know, trying to make something happen with the jury. So you know, you never know what's going to stick with them. And uh, then we also had. Uh, let me see here. Um, Oh, Matthew Peed. He is Mr. Uh, Vallejo's uh, attorney, and Mr. Vallejo is uh, the QRF guy. He's the one who stayed in Virginia um, with the weapons and all that, which they love to bring up, but it's perfectly legal having those weapons there. So uh, although it is it is an issue with the jury and, uh, you know, so... Uh, Mr. Vallejo had never met any of the other Oath Keepers in person that day, nor had Mr. Uh, Morshell. Uh, they had uh, only chatted online briefly until the uh, until going to Stop the Steal. So uh, tomorrow they'll start bringing uh, evidence and everything in on that. Now, something else Mr. P did during his opening uh, Mr. Vallejo is 64 years old and, uh, you know, he's more of a libertarian and not so much of a, you know, staunch conservative. And he wanted to make that point. Um, <clears throat> but he also, uh, Mr. Pete kind of deflected from the Oath Keepers and he, he made a statement that it was actually the Proud Boys that were, uh, planning to, uh, assault the Capitol that day, not the Oath Keepers. And, you know, I don't know how that's going to play. I don't really like seeing Jan Sixers go against Jan Sixers like that. Um, but, you know, understand, I guess there's a strategy there. And the Proud Boys trial begins uh, December 18th and I believe so, 19th. And uh, so, you know, that that's coming up and that's going to be fresh in the minds of everybody there. So, you know, a lot of press in the, in the courthouse for all of this. Uh, Garrett Miller, he, uh, he pled guilty to 11 counts, uh, today and we were in there for that. Judge Nichols is his judge and, uh, you know, he, uh, I guess on the advice of his attorneys and, you know, taking a plea is such a personal thing. And so I just really, uh, hope that, 
uh, Garrett gets somewhere so his parents can visit him and he can start his time and, and get this past him. Uh, another thing, I, I'm not sure there, uh, I didn't see that a verdict came in on Hector Vargas today, not as, as, uh, the time as when I left the courthouse anyway, that hadn't happened. Uh, another thing we, the appeals court did listen to the argument for the 1512 C2 today, and we did sit on that. And that was, uh, there's a three panel of judges, um, and they listened to the arguments. Nick Smith, he gave the argument for uh, A.J. Fisher. And uh, there were, the, but there's several people on this appeal. Um, and so a lot of what was discussed uh, was uh, the term corruptly and how that applies. Uh, the 1512C2 charge uh, is the obstruction of an official proceeding. Uh, this was added on uh, during the Enron scandal because of the uh, author Anderson accounting firm had uh, corruptly uh, instructed their employees to shred documents when they knew the SEC was going to come in and do an investigation and they continued to shred documents until uh, subpoenas were issued and uh, so this clause this this was put in because of uh, Author Anderson's uh, instructing their employees to uh, shred the documents, and so now that's why the the term corruptly uh, is is being argued. Also, the, the main argument, though, is uh, is really about did anyone uh, the action it took to cause a. Uh, uh, to grab evidence. Did you impair the evidence? Did you physically grab evidence? What makes this charge a felony charge and other actions may not be a felony charge and, and what can cause, uh, what can justify this being a felony? And, you know, in many cases, I think there's 300 uh, Jan Sixers at this time that's charged with the 1512C2. Not everybody went in. Uh, you know, so it is a, uh, it's going to be continually to be ar argued. Uh, the term corruptly, I don't think the appellate court is going to make a decision on how that is implied in the statute, but uh, they may refer that to, back to Judge Nichols. So really, no matter how this three panel judges rules on <clears throat> whether it is, excuse me, to uphold uh, Judge Nichols' ruling to drop the 1512C unless you physically did something with the ballots and and things like that. So no matter what the decision, it, it, it's still going to be argued at a higher court. That is really it that happened in court today. And, uh, you know, just keep all of the Jan Sixers in your prayers and keep Garrett Miller in your prayers and everybody that has a trial and everything coming up because it, it's really, it's tough in there. And, uh, you know, need all the support we can get. All right. Thanks, you guys. That wraps up our show for today. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Don't forget, you can tune in to our 
live streams of the DC Gulag Vigil, and you can find that on our website at a4justice.org. That's a, the number four, justice.org. You can also find our uh, fundraisers on there that help support all of the efforts that uh, we put forth to um, help out these J6 political hostages, defendants, and their families. Please share this episode to bring awareness to those who don't really know what's going on with this and um, subscribe to my channel. I'd also like to thank all my uh, all my community for all of the uh, prayers and love. The support has been absolutely amazing. And um, I'm, I'm really feeling those are prayers. So, so keep them coming. Thank you. We will see you back here tomorrow. Don't forget to always be bold and speak the truth. Americans for Justice, Inc. is a nonpartisan alliance that vigorously defends the U.S. Constitution, the Bill of Rights, and due process across our great nation, which are pivotal to preserving life, liberty, and freedom for all. Too long we have played defense and are losing on all battlefronts through divided efforts. The root problem of election integrity, medical freedom, political prisoners, southern border crisis, CPS and APS and others is one common thing, a direct assault on the U.S. Constitution and due process. Americans for Justice is a nonprofit organization with local chapters in all 50 states, working with lawyers, legal scholars, and organizations to actively fight government overreach at all levels. Unite with us in the fight for our J6 political hostages and whatever else due process rights are violated. We ask for your support in this vital mission through a one-time donation or an ongoing membership. Go to the letter A, the number 4, justice.org.